Okay. Welcome everyone. Over the past couple of months, Anita Eliasson has been speaking with our military connected business leaders throughout the United States for strategies, resources, and tips. And today I get to turn the spotlight onto her. Anita is not only the host of our We Are Stronger Learning From Each Other leadership webinar series, but she is also the senior business advisor at the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center and our chairman of the board for the New England Veterans Chamber of Commerce. And for me, more importantly, she is a dear friend who has been with me through every step of my entrepreneurial journey. And I assure you, she has probably suffered a little bit because of that. <laughs> Anita has a long history of being an entrepreneur, which goes all the way back to her father and then her family run real estate business. To Anita, thinking outside the box and being able to help small business is a true passion of hers. Her focus is on systems of success in business as she understands that business foundations need to be strong. Anita, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. You know, you and I have talked in reference to creating discipline around your work. And, and we talk about it not only in reference to our veteran and our military family, but we've talked about it in reference to businesses in general. Can you talk a little bit about how you create some disciplines around your work? Hi, Lisa. Um, thank you for having me here. And this is a, a subject I'm really passionate about because for all the, the changes you make as you go through businesses and you start new ones and you kind of learn from them and you kind of tweak it as you go along, um, the sense of creating some discipline about the workload is, is something that I feel is extremely impactful. So um, I just have to say that this, this really all came to be from combining what I had done previous to this work, which was working in more corporate environments. And I realized that every time we had meetings, we had conversations, it was always very focused. You know, were we meeting with the CFO? Were we um, pitching an idea to the sales and marketing team? Were we talking to the operations people about creating a different product or doing something differently in the operation. And, um, and then sometimes it would be with the CEO, you know, should we be going in a different direction? Should we be focusing on a different target market? And then I left and uh, fully immersed myself in, in my own businesses. And for some reason, I left that behind that experience. I just, sort of left it behind thinking that was part of like really huge business. And now it was down to a smaller business and we didn't need that sense of, um, I guess, organization. And then I would wake up and I would have to call the bank back, talk to the insurance agent, talk to someone about placing some ads, um, thinking about what hours of operation we would, we would have for the holidays, for example. And all of a sudden I realized that what I was doing was I was dealing with issues that were always defined by these four quadrants, right? If it's your hours, you're going to be open. That's an operations issue. If it's talking to the bank about a loan product, that's finance. If it's talking about pitching an idea or a particular marketing strategy, there we go. 
that's sales and marketing. And if it's, do we want to do a different product or go after a different market? Like, what are we doing here as a company? That's your CEO position. And so I decided to just very simply get a piece of tag board and, you know, create the lines. And I just put CEO, COO, CFO, and CCO, creative officer. And then I assigned a day to each of them. And for me, Friday was always finance day. And what would happen is if somebody called on a Tuesday, the bank called and said, oh, we've got a new loan product, you know, an inventory loan, for example, for the holidays, I would take the information, say, I can get back to you on Friday. You know, will you be there so we can further discuss this? And what I wound up doing was not dealing with the calls and in emails as they came in, I dealt with them by category so that I wasn't jumping between my financial hat and the operations hat and the sales hat and the CEO hat. I was just giving each one of those the focused attention. And um, it, it was a game changer. It was completely a game changer for me. And every small business that I work with, I, I really encourage them to have a day for each one of the categories. And just so that you're not digging deep, let's say in finance, to the exclusion of maybe having some thoughts about the direction of your company. You know, because right now in COVID-19 is a really good example. People who, as a habit, think about where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? You know, they kind of just noodle that around all the time they're in a much better position than someone who says, well, we opened the business 20 years ago and here we are and never really gave it another thought. The people who have always have it kind of on the back burner, you know, they've, they've had more creative ideas come to them more easily because it's always kind of brewing in the back of their mind. You know, I think it's fascinating, especially for our small businesses. When you talk about, have to wear all the hats because as a small business, somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to worry about the finances. So dividing them seems like a way in which you're able to take the multitasking, which I do all the time, and really go laser focus on just one subject. Right. And you know, you, Lisa, are a really good multitasker. So this, this whole conversation probably would, you'd be a tougher sell for this way of thinking because you do well with multitasking. And I do think there are people for whom multitasking um, is an art form that they've, they've really perfected. But I think for most of us, I think people taking away tasks that are unrelated and just, you know, putting them together in discrete categories where we can put on that hat, I think makes a whole lot more sense. And, you know, I always think of the hat analogy. We've done a lot of hat analogies at different presentations, but I mean, really think of it. You're not going to show up at a construction site, you know, building a skyscraper with a ball cap on. Any more 
than you're going to a baseball game with a hard hat. I mean, there are different hats for different purposes. And I think that if we think about it in that way, there was a point we did our own caps that had it. I've done t-shirts that, you know, I'm the CEO. Um, because it just reminds you that that's, that's the day. It's all about the big picture. You know, it's about where are we going? What are we doing? Is this still what we want to be doing? Um, and I think it just is tremendously helpful. And for me, it also helped because I often felt that I was behind the eight ball, that I hadn't gotten to everything that I had to get to. And so to have that visual on the wall where I knew that, oh, so somebody, let's say the bank called back on Tuesday and said, have you, you know, have you thought about that loan I was telling you about? It's like, oh, I thought I said, you know, I'm going to deal with that on Friday. I see it right on my board. And, you know, you, you've not thrown out the note. It's just been assigned. And I think that that assigning your work to yourself, I think, reduces a lot of the complications of multitasking. And I also think it reduces the stress of thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't call back the insurance agent, the this, the that. Like, it, it's just all a jumble. And I think after literally just a couple of months of doing it, what develops in, in ourselves is really an empowerment that we're going to get to it all, but just not at that very second. I mean, because someone calls you and wants to talk about something does not mean that you have to drop everything and then switch gears. And I think as a small business owner, the phone's always ringing, the emails are always coming. And okay, great. So they would like to talk about a loan product. It's not the right time for you. And it's really got to be about what's the right time for you so you can give it your undivided attention and, uh, and make the right decision. And I think that's actually a pretty brilliant concept because even for someone like me, who is a multitasker, the reality is our brain can only focus on one thing. So really what multitasking means is I can stop and start, stop and stop. The challenge with that is it means I actually have trouble focusing. Um, even though I am very good at what I do, if I, and I am going to actually practice this, by the way, I, I'm going to, after today, I'm actually going to start this because I think that it's important that we take the time as business owners to really focus because making the decisions without really being able to focus, I think sometimes can do two things. One, it can actually send us into a procrastination phase. It's like, okay, I'm going to knock this out. However, I'm going to worry about whether or not it's the right decision later. So there's two parts to that decision that have to be looked at. I'm going to knock out the first part and I can look at the second part later. And then sometimes I may not make it to the second part. But I also think that there's a lot of planning and having a tool like that to plan, I think would be very beneficial. Yeah, you know, and think about it. Um, I, again, I'll bring up finance as an example, like how much more powerful it is to be thinking about the financial decisions around your business, right? 
because that needs to be strategy. It's not just about do you take a loan or don't you take a loan. It's the strategy. You know, if you take it, when do you want that money coming in? What's your plan to repay it? And I think you're better off making that decision at the same time you're, you're looking at your finances. You're looking at your cash flow, which if you've assigned that day, for example, to be Friday, then you're not just making a loan decision you know, all by itself without it also being part of your, your mindset of how do the finances look? When the loan then becomes due, do I have the cash flow to repay that loan in a timely period? Because most often when we, when we look at something, operations, finance, sales, it doesn't matter. It's never just one thing. It's then you've got to bounce to something else to look at that as well. And I think that you're, you're more likely to make the best financial decisions when you're exclusively focusing on the financial health of the company. You know, much like I think you're best off when you're in sales and marketing and you're in that creative mode, you're better off staying in that creative mode because once you're on that path, you really accelerate your ideas. Whereas if you have like, oh, I think I'm on to a brilliant idea. Ah, now I'm going to talk to the bank. Well, that's going to kill that idea. You know, you know, so I think, I think that it just gives us heightened awareness around um, the category of work that we're doing and its impact on the success of our business. No, I think that's great. And I, and I love the concept of understanding the many hats, because like you said, depending on where you're wearing your hat, that's going to be who you are and what you're going to do that day. But that's going to take some practice and that's going to take some skill. Um, even though it may be simple for me to say, yes, I'm only going to focus on the vision on this day and I'm going to focus on finances that day. I can't tell you how much those finances may get pushed off to another day, even though I understand the importance of dealing with finances, especially now when you have all the stress and pressures around finances, as many businesses do, that it's easier to push off. So is there a way in which somebody can simply start the many hats? And I realize that that wonderful board you're talking about that I'm going to go do, but how can I, besides that board, actually really understand the many hats and how they interplay with each other to benefit me as a small business owner? That's a really interesting question because you're right. The thing about it is, I think the reason why people are sometimes critical of you know the corporate world sometimes is because there are decisions that are made in these silos you know, and I think of the, the businesses I've worked for, and they literally were different floors. And you almost got the idea that people from one floor never visited the other floor. I mean, they were really, they were basing, they were unilateral decisions based on their responsibilities, such as finance. However, 
the new corporation, the ones that are highly successful, you know, they say it's much less of a ladder. It's more of a jungle gym where everyone's kind of in each other's business in a way. And I think of it as um, concentric circles, you know, where there's a point that the circles in the center all come together. So let's, let's go back to the bank calls. They want to give you an inventory loan for the holiday season, for example. Then you need to get the information. How much money will they give you? What is that loan payment going to be? Do you have the cash flow to pay it back once it's done? And then you have to, you have to then put that more like in the operation sticky note saying, you know, we, there could be an availability of $20,000 we didn't have. If we had it, what would we spend it on? You know, so now sort of the finance department has said, okay, I'm going to give you my blessing on this, but now it's up to the operations part of the business to say, how do we best stock our store with inventory so that we get the maximum use from that loan money, right? Because it does have to be paid back. So there's that to think about. And um, I also think that the question is, what's at stake? And I have to say that for me, what was at stake was feeling, if I did nothing, right? If you do nothing, nothing will change. I was gonna keep waking up with all of these balls juggling in my head and, and never really feeling that I was particularly impactful with any of them. Even though the business was doing okay, but a business doing okay doesn't necessarily mean it's going to last because it does require more foundational support. So what was at stake was that things would stay the same or potentially things would, would be different. And that was really important. And what was at stake was that if this worked, I could go home at the end of the day feeling like I put the operations issues like to rest for the week. We knew our hours, we really thought about it, we gave it consideration, we thought about what other people in the building were doing. Like we looked at it from a 360 degree view. And when I thought of it that way, you know, what's at stake if I don't do something? And you know, what's at stake if this works? It was motivating enough for me to sort of say, this is absolutely worth trying. And I've just never let it go. And it's interesting because, you know, even in our personal lives, you know, there are people that every day they get a bill and they're, you know, they're, they're writing out a check or they're paying online while they're reading the newspaper, while they're cooking dinner, while they're taking care of the children. There's a lot of people that do that. And this way of thinking, you know, it translated to more of a home life would be that no, you kind of collect all those at once and you look at your bills together. And I think if you were to ask both of those people, you know, what are your monthly expenses? I'm, I'm going to put, put a lot of money on the fact that the person that pays their bills sort of in chunks has a much better handle on the money that's outgoing than on people that are just, you know, writing a check and then, you know, kind of doing one thing and another, because I think that no one, we're not doing the math, you know, whereas if we, if we pay a number of bills at once, it's like, whoa, you know, it's costing me 
$700 between insurance and taxes and utilities and this and that. Whereas if you pay those bills one at a time, you know, kind of when it's like, oh my gosh, it's been sitting there, I better pay that. We, we just never do the math of it. So I think that what's at stake is a better handle. And the reality of it is that our personal lives or professional lives, like there's no bad news. You know, information, knowledge is power. But, you know, the up, the up of that is not that knowledge is power, using knowledge is power. So I can tell you what one, one bill is. That's knowledge, but that's not going to give me what I really need to make financial strategy decisions for either my home or, or my, you know, my business life. So I think it's, it's thinking about what's at stake. And I think that that's really important. And when we think about what's at stake, we don't just think about us and our business. We oh. think about our employees because there is a lot at stake for our employees in anything that we do, especially when we're putting our hats on. So let's say you're just a small restaurant owner and a pizza place, just because I'm in the mood for pizza right now. <laughs> let's just say you're a pizza place and you're the owner and you have eight employees, but yet you have to wear all the hats. How do you work with your employees with each of the different hats? Because I know that they have to interplay at that point. But what kind of strategies and tips can you give businesses specifically in reference to how to work with the employees and, and some systems for success? Well, I'm a, I'm a real big believer in, um, in meetings, you know, in staff meetings, because I think that the more people understand what the goals are, like where you're heading, I think the more they can help contribute to the success of the business. I think it's a more meaningful experience for them. And I think it's a more impactful experience for the employer, you know, and, and think about it. We, we employ people, and kind of never tell them what the goals are. You know, I mean, it's different. You were in the Air Force and in career, you know what the goals are and you're told every day what the goals are. But, you know, the average person kind of goes to work every day and they take a job and they kind of figure out for themselves what the goals may be. And I think that to conduct meetings and to say, you know, just to remind you, you know, we are a pizza place that, I mean, I work with a pizza place and, and, you know, when they have meetings, they have conversations about, you know, it's our goal to provide delicious, high quality food to our customers. And that's the point at which they also, as a little bit of a team, they go on right then and there. And they say, everyone get on their phones and let's see what our Google reviews are. Let's see what people are saying about us. Let's see if we're meeting those goals, quality food, you know, to, to our, our community. And that's a good time to do it. But then it's great to then go on to operations. And they did have this meeting not too long ago because it's difficult. Not everybody wanted to come back to work for a lot of the COVID-19 reasons, some concerns over compromised folks at home and so forth. And so they have a limited staff. So they did have to have the, you know, what would be the best hours to make the most impact for the business, you know, and they would kind of go back and forth and back and forth. So they had sort of an operations concept going on. 
And then uh, this particular owner doesn't really like to share finances per se in terms of dollars, but what he is comfortable doing now is percentages. You know, we would like to be up 5% over last year. And then he keeps track of that percentage. It's like, oh, we're at three and a half, you know? So it's not really um, sharing the numbers of the business, but it is sharing the percentage. And then for sales and marketing, he is all about saying to them, you know, what do we need to be doing? And one of the employees, interesting, said, you know what? We need to attach a menu to every single pizza that goes out here just like the Chinese restaurants have done for years, we need to be doing that. And the owner got on, on the phone, called Staples, $2,000 worth of menus, $2,000 worth of menus. And it's four months later and their business is up 20%. And, and so I think that what you can do is when you have a staff meeting, which, which I think you have to have, um, it's, it's these four categories, you know, think about it. Like even the board of the NEVCC, those are the categories. What's our financial situation? What were we for operations? You know, are we seeking board positions to be filled type thing? You know, what's our sales and marketing and, and just a review of the vision. I think that there's not a meeting out there that wouldn't benefit from having the four aspects of um, operations analyzed. Wow. If you were to give, and, and I know you and I are both outside the box thinkers. In fact, numerous times we will break the box. But if you were to give a business owner one suggestion to help them with their business, and I don't want the normal answer. I'm looking for something that is either outside the box or breaking the box to help them in today's environment, what would it be? To hold your business at arm's length and not to take what's going on personally. And the reality of it is this, our businesses will come and sometimes our businesses will go and we need to remain. And this whole way of thinking, was really prompted by being in a family business and it was real estate as you as you said and i remember it was christmas eve and we were talking about a broken sewer line in front of one of the buildings that we were managing and i remember thinking about that was wrong on so many levels because the reality of it is it's a business and no one works harder than me and you know i in no way shape or form ever skirt responsibility about a business, but I think not putting guardrails around your thinking and not giving yourself an opportunity to thoughtfully deal with a problem and to just sort of let it play out without feeling that because it's your business, you have to take it home. It's got to interrupt your life because the reality of it is nothing's more important than our health and people get very, very, very stressed by small businesses. At the end of the day, we have to go home. No, we have done our level best for our business and for the customers that we serve. And then it's time to rejuvenate ourselves. It's time to get some rest. It's time to have a little relaxation. And I think that um, 
caring for ourselves is really the best way to honor both our customers for whom we are in business and our employees. Because if we get burnt out and we get exhausted, we're not going to be able to stay in the business. Whether it's successful or not, we're going to find ourselves leaving it because it's just taking too much of a toll. So I think to just stay healthy and, um, and allow ourselves, be, force ourselves, you know, kind of to turn off. And I have to give you an analogy because I thought of it the other day. And I remember like when I was little, right? There were guardrails, right? So you go on the highway and there was a guardrail. And what I notice now is, and I, so I have to use the analogy of business. There are guardrails, like, you know, uh-oh, I've got to, you know, deal with my finance. Like there are things that you realize if you don't deal with it, you're going off the, the cliff kind of thing. But now we don't just have the guardrail. Now we've got that section of bumpy road, which is like, uh-oh, you know, we're getting close to the guardrail. The idea is we want to create the guardrail we want to create the bumpy road. So the guardrail is, you know, we're going home and we're, you know, we're just going to be going on and on about business and not allowing ourselves the mental break so we can be refreshed and approach things from a different way the next day. And I think that bumpy road needs to be the people we love saying, look, if I come home and I just you know, can't get out of that, you know, yes, I want to give you a five or 10 minute, this is what happened. But after that, you know, help me get relaxed, help me, you know, find another dimension to my life so I can think more clearly. I think that our family and our loved ones need to be the bumpy road to say, you know, time out, you know, now, now, you know, now we're home. We have to kind of switch gears. We have to be Mr. Rogers putting on our sweater when we walk in the door. And now we, we're in another hat, even that. Well, that's wonderful. And I just want to give you one opportunity. Is there anything besides that wonderful analogy you just gave us? <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to close with? I think that we have to appreciate that the reason why small business is so important is because every behind every good idea is opportunities for other people. And that the people that have the good ideas are the entrepreneurs. They're the bold ones. They're the risk takers. They're the visionaries. They're also the people stimulating our economy. They're also the people who are providing jobs. So it's a job to be taken really seriously if you're an entrepreneur. But I think that we have to protect those people as well. We have to protect our energy so that we can go out there and um, continue our work knowing that there's the rest of the world is kind of depending on it. Some for employment, our customers for whatever we're producing. So we're part of an ecosystem. And I think we just have to um, make sure we honor that by giving ourselves a breather. Well, thank you so much, Anita Elias. And we You're greatly welcome. appreciate you coming here. And I'm so glad I actually got to turn the spotlight on you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Stop the recording. <laughs>